Well, good morning and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I am the host for the day, Pam Marvin, and today is October the 18th, 2023. It's hard to believe, hard to imagine. I am thrilled today to have in the studio with me a very, very dear friend. Uh, we go way back. We always say Jesus made his friends. And this is Robbie Harvey. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning, Pam. Robbie has begun this new endeavor with another dear friend of mine who's been on the show a couple of times, friend of the show, Miranda Wallachowski, as you may or may not remember, depending on how long you've been listening to Red Sea Roundup. And they had this new business venture that I think will interest you very much. So I want Robbie to start at the beginning of how Human Architects was formed and the inspiration and motivation and, of course, that little hint from a saint that you have. It's a great story. So uh, hold on and let's listen to what Robbie has to say. Awesome. Thank you, Pam, for having me. Well, Human Architects started um, July of 2022 because at that time, the large ed tech company that I was working for well, the straw that broke the camel's back was that I got an email that said, even though Roe v. Wade had been passed, that they were not only going to continue to pay for abortions, but they were going to pay for travel and lodging wherever you had to go to get that abortion. There were many other things going on in the company that kept stirring and making me think my time there had ended. And um, after I got that email to the entire company, I decided that God was going to catch me when I took my leap. And I resigned. And with no work on the forefront, I took the leap. And I was actually getting to a point where I was very, very discouraged. I had been told that I was overqualified at certain jobs. I was so at this told, point, you'd already been looking for other jobs correct. For, for months, really. Right, yeah. for months. And there were things that had happened in our personal life, in my personal life and with my family that I was like, oh, my gosh, God designed this. I was not supposed to be working. I needed to be full-time at home. So I wasn't looking terribly hard, but I was looking for sure, mm -hmm. and nothing was appealing. And I really wanted to take care of the whole person. I was tired of teaching and in, in um, my adult learning. I was, I'm an adult learning theory expert, and I had done professional development. I had run that department. And so I was just tired of teaching information. I really wanted to take care of the whole person. So fast forward to the day that in late January when John Paul II relics arrived at St. Mary's. Here in and College Station. Here in College Station. Mm -hmm. And um, thank goodness I have wonderful friends around me who know me even better than I know myself. And I was not planning to go to see the relics. To be quite honest, I was frustrated with God. I did not understand why I couldn't find the right, um, you know, what I wanted to do when I grew up mm -hmm. and all of those things. And I just wasn't going to take the time to go. So um, a dear friend called me and uh, totally assumed that I was going and asked me when I was going. Well, I didn't want to 
sound like a schmuck, to be quite honest, um, and say, I don't really have plans to go. I'm I'm mad at God. <laughs> um, so I faked it. And I was like, well, really, the only time I have is eight o'clock tonight. Uh, it closes at nine, but I can make that work. And she was like, great, I'll meet you there. So I was locked in. So... Um, Without me knowing, Miranda had actually been to the noon mass at St. Mary's and College Station and had been to the relics. And that day, she as she was standing in line, she asked John Paul II to really intercede and to help her get out of her own way, that she knew um, her business needed to be scaled, her coaching business needed to be scaled. But Wait, wait, what does that mean, scaled? Um, scaled means like... She was doing one-on-one executive coaching in small um, groups or teams, but scaling it would be like for large corporations or that's right for higher ed, big departments, for elementary schools, for entire campuses or districts. And um, just a peek into that. I mean, that's uh, obviously having come from a large ed tech and my background in education, everything I did was for large scale, huge, massive school districts. And um, so I was, I could totally handle that part. So that anyway, she stood in line um, waiting for her moment with the John Paul II relics. And that was her ask for God. And then there was me hours later at 8 p.m. who was reluctantly there as I stood in line, I remember when I opened the doors, the line truly wrapped around down the entire center aisle, double booked to the back door. And I thought, seriously? I mean, I was so frustrated. My attitude was terrible. It's so embarrassing now for me to think about, but that's how good God is. He works with us even when we're a mess. And um, so anyway, as I walked up, I kind of made the turn and I made it about a fourth of the way up the aisle. And I started looking around and going, are you kidding me? This place is full of 18 to 20 somethings who have such a great faith. And here I am at however old I am, I can't even think, late 40s. And God has been so generous and so wonderful with me. And I'm reluctant to be here. And I just kind of slapped myself across the face and was like, get yourself together. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, who Mm -hmm. are you and why are you behaving this way? And it was like, as soon as I did that, God just, I mean, he took that little drop and just kept multiplying it. And the closer and closer I got to John Paul II, I just kept having more thoughts. And as I reached him, it, he just made it so clear, like the dignity of the human person and the beauty that he created is what I made you for. And that's Mm. what I want you to use your gifts for. So I just laid, I didn't bring anything with me. Everybody had things in their hands so that they could make it a third class relic. Right, right. So I'm taking, you know, jewelry off of myself (laughs) because I have nothing. I brought nothing. I was literally like the widow, right? I had nothing to give. And, um, And I just said, you know, I'm trusting you with whatever it is that I'm supposed to do when I grow up, that it is yours and that you will make it abundantly clear. And no kidding, the next morning I had been researching a company out of Australia and I thought, man, this company has it. And they were coming into the American markets and I was like, I'm going to get this job. And I, I go to apply for the job 
And I'll be darned if it didn't say that the application was closed. And I just, oh my goodness, I was, I even said out loud, okay, JP2, as I threw up my hands, I thought you had this covered. And, um, doesn't always look like what we think, right? It doesn't, it doesn't. And so right before I went to slam my computer shut and decided I was not going to look for jobs at all, um, for the rest of the day, I see that Dr. Miranda Wallachowski has a connection on LinkedIn with the hiring manager of this company in Australia. And I'm like, what? That is insane. So I just, you know, I did shut my computer and I just sent Miranda a quick text and I said, how in the world do you know this person in Australia? And she said, well, how do you know? And so she said, can I call you? So she did. And real quickly, she had no idea I had been out of work and, um, and that I was looking for something. And in the midst of our conversation, I said, you know, I'm just really frustrated. I went to the see the JP2 relics yesterday, and I, I just put it all in God's hands. And I, don't, I just don't know what he's trying to tell me. And she said, I was there too, and I asked him to get out of my way. And with your background and with what I'm wanting to do, Maybe you're the answer. Can we have coffee? And so we did. Wow. We had coffee, and there, Human Architects was born. And so um, the name and everything else was just, it is totally God's. It was completely under the intercession of John Paul II. We had nothing to do with it. It is so crazy how we developed this business in what would normally take in the business world months and maybe years John Paul had already designed and literally the Holy Spirit just filled our minds and it was all written. We had programs, we had, we took both of our experiences and things were developed in a matter of seconds. And so our um, mission is to bring joy, purpose, integrity, and impact to businesses, higher education, and to K-12 as fast as the Lord wants it. And if you'll notice, joy, purpose, integrity, impact is J-P-I. No, I so, didn't. That is so cool, Robbie. Yeah, it gives oh, me chill bumps. Me you see, too. You're still, and yeah. I just, every time I look at our logo, it just brings me such great joy of that. Like I said, um, I had nothing to give, but God had everything already designed. He did know what I was going to mm-hmm. be when I grew up. I just didn't know it yet. It's so beautiful. So let's get in more about um, how human architects works. Like y- you said at the beginning of the show that it's more of a whole person integration. So Absolutely. I know there's like a, a focal point, but then there's the human integration. So can you talk about that a little bit? Right. So we definitely take a holistic approach because regardless of the industry um, that a human is working in, we can never be as effective, efficient, productive, fully present unless we are taken care of well as humans, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Um, We always do better in our industry and with the intellect or the um, experiences that we have if if we feel like we are well. And we know that so many people are leaving their work today where they are 
we call it the second shift where they're completely depleted. Yeah. They come home and they actually give the worst to their family, to their health, to their hobbies, to their volunteering. Um, and so our goal is to provide tools and information and we have just, I think, an excellent program and it's been proven as such um, to really build human capacity, resilience, um, deal with conflict management, growth mindset, and confidence so that when you leave your work, you are actually better for your second shift than when you began and that you're better while you're there. Okay, I got to ask you some questions. I want to peek behind that curtain a little bit because I'm like, wow, you just really hit on something I think that all of us can really benefit from. I know you said there's several different avenues to try and capture to have the second shift be better. But what would be one of the top two on your list of ways to have that mindset, that shift, so right. that you can be better at the second shift? So the data shows, and I think everyone that's listening will probably agree that humans currently are struggling with maintaining perspective, managing stress, and staying healthy. Those are the mm. top three reasons why we don't feel resilient. Okay. Well, let me let me just make okay. sure that we understand perspective correctly. When I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is perspective is instead of having a negative attitude, you have more of a positive idea, a positive one. You're pulling back and looking more objectively at the situation. So your perspective is more on point than the natural, everything is bad or worse than bad. The way that we like to articulate it is when you have experienced human architecting, you see a roadblock as an opportunity Mm. now instead of that roadblock. Or you see an opportunity where it's something really big in front of you and you can easily say it's doable. This is, you know, there's, this is possible. Even if you feel overwhelmed. Even if you feel overwhelmed because everything. Are you listening, Caleb, over there? (laughs) Everything. everything, Love our producer. Everything that is big has to start small. It's, Taking it's you know the old take a bite of the elephant one mm-hmm. bite at a time that's how you do it and mm-hmm. so um, we have various everything we do is backed by research Miranda wouldn't have it any other way um, and so we have research based assessments and based on what the needs are for the business or the goals of a department, let's say in higher ed or the goals of a school district in K-12. And so we can really identify, for instance, if an organization needs to focus on energy leadership, where they need to identify whether the energy in their organization is catabolic, which is means it breaks apart and it needs to turn to that anabolic energy where it's building things up. So what is going on within the people in the organization? Do they, are they angry? Do they feel like victims, mm-hmm. you know, and how do we shift that? And we give the, them the tools to how to shift to the energy of compassion, responsibility, 
passion. That would be passion. the yeah. huge goal. So what do you, are those, are you mentioning those because that's what you come across most readily? Yes. In this, those that and resilience. Yeah. And I know that in part of what you do too is, you know, to help them have the, a better home life as well um, because they're having some manifestations at work even um, they need that. So how do you approach it? Like as a group with human architects, when you're doing group coaching on that kind of personal level too, how do you do that? Well, it doesn't start off that way. And that's one of the things that happens with coaching is because it is very personal and intimate and though we don't expect that that transparency and community just happens. So we approach any of our engagements that we would meet with our groups or teams eight different times. And so that grows and grows. It might start where we've had a, a team that was really struggling to even be in the same room with each wow, other. Yeah. And then by the end, when they had their success showcase, they were, they had opened up and spoken about some really very personal things that were happening in their own personal lives that were a direct relation to the stress and conflict they were having at school. I mean, at, um, at work, at work yeah. excuse me. And, um, that, that happens all the time. We, we know ourselves on days mm -hmm. when we come home or we finish work and we're giving the, the worst of ourselves. Right. You know, the thing I'm thinking of too, is like, how do you integrate the spiritual side? Do you, do you have it from a, a Catholic Christian perspective? If they want to have more of the spiritual aspect or do you, do you quantify Absolutely. that? Absolutely. And, and how do you do that? So, um, the, we've actually presented to the Lumen group, which is, um, business Catholics and it's a organization is that of Houston, correct? I think so. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. And in other locations too, this was a virtual event. So I believe there were, um, business people from not just Houston, but I would say the majority were, mm -hmm. um, from Houston for this event, but everything we do, um, well, I have to say that when my sister, saw our business plan and our programs, she giggled and said, oh, I like what you're doing here. You're bringing Jesus to people without them knowing you're bringing Jesus to their businesses. Nice. And I was like, you got it. There's no way that we would say bringing joy, purpose, integrity, and impact um, and have, you know, the initials of JPII in our, and Miranda and I are, if we are nothing, we are Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. So um, everything we do, and when we have those opportunities, we obviously lace it in there. But even when we were with a large school district um, where you can't speak openly, we often use our experiences. So in speaking, when we're talking about this, the steps to the tools to help maintain perspective and things like that, mm -hmm. we will give examples of what we do. So it's not that we are telling them what to do, but we give them okay, the example. Okay, well, give us an example. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, um, quiet prayer, mm. um, meditation on something beautiful, like I am get to look at the beautiful monstrance behind your head as mm -hmm, I'm talking. Mm -hmm. And so... 
the anxiousness that I had coming in to talk about this is reduced by just having that beautiful image behind me, the crucifix, all of those things that we have as Catholics to um, focus on something bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. A huge thing about that maintaining perspective is that when we do get stressed, our bodies physiologically get very myopic. We Mm -hmm. zone in. So anytime Wait, I want you to repeat that because I really want the uh, the listening audience to like let this one really sink in because I find that in my own personal journey in spiritual life when I have triggers such as anger anxiety or fear mm-hmm. I have to stop and consider this so say this one more time Ron because I think that's so valuable in anybody's everyday life sure so. Anytime we are stressed or struggling with maintaining perspective, physiologically, our bodies become myopic. We zone in on the problem. We are wired since the fall to scoop up the negative. Yep, fight or flight. That's right. So it is our job in those moments to widen our perspective, to look at something larger. If we see the monstrous, it instantly, that cross in the center of the Eucharist is hope, right? An opportunity. An opportunity. That's right. Responsibility, um, accountability. All of those things are woven so beautifully into our Catholic faith. We look at the crucifix and (laughs) nothing I'm dealing with seems quite as hard as the passion when I see him. Amen. So, um, you know, we can speak to those things in another wonderful word that comes to my mind when I look at the crucifix, I keep looking over your shoulder now at the crucifix, is the power of words. Jesus expired. Mm. He expired for us. So put an expiration date, like bad milk, on those feelings. Mm. Say, I am not going to listen to this lie. This is expired. I'm not falling down into that pit. I know the truth. I am worthy. I am good. So these are all things that can be taught, and we have all sorts of programming. And it's not just taught, and that's I'm going to back up on that because that's the difference in human architecting and just having regular professional development or just listening to something. In coaching, you create your learning. So it's, we're asking the right questions so that you can come to your own answers. Mm. So it's a very, very creative process. Customized. It's very customized. It is as unique as it is the person that you're sitting with. Unique and unrepeatable. That's right. Just like humans. And, um, So nothing we do is like big business where where I came from, that my job in running professional development was make it so that it can be used and reused and reused and reused for one school after another after another across the entire Mm -hmm. country. What's good for one is good for all. And that is not true in coaching. It is very much about the team, the group, the individual. And so Anytime you have your own aha moment, it's yours, isn't Mm -hmm. it? It's locked in. It is a part of your tool belt 
forever because you're like, that's right. Because, (laughs) but even in those rough moments, you can say, wait, I've done hard things before. I've, you know, I was stressed like this before and I did this. I have that tool because I created it. It's so much more valuable when we have those opportunities and there's just so little time in the world to think. And with coaching, with human architecting, we give the clients time. We give them the right powerful questions to direct their thinking, to have a creative process so that their professional and personal potential is actualized. Right. So I want you to talk about like the the main um, clients that you receive for human architects, like your focus group and area, because then I want to co- dial it down to the other umbrella. Uh, el- what yeah. else is under the umbrella? Yeah, because there's been kind of an offshoot of human architects because been, of my current life. Um, but talk about like the human architect focus and where you are focused on these types of clients. So, so honestly, we have clients who's, are CEOs who have high, that they need to build retention. So changing their employee status from I quit to I commit. Because the cost, like for instance, I'll just give you, yesterday I was speaking to a superintendent in a mid-sized district and the, the value I had found on what it cost to replace a teacher was far lower than what he told me. He told me it cost a district with all of the recruiting and training and PD to get them up to speed. It cost the district $15,000 per teacher. So you can imagine what that's costing our education system in general. And that cost, the higher up you go in management, in business, that cost goes higher and higher and higher. So the ROI, the return on investment for companies is that if you are spending the time to invest in your current employees, you hired them for a reason. They are completely capable of everything and more that you hired them for if they are, they have these opportunities to grow themselves within your business. And it's going to cost you a lot less than if they're like, I throw up my hands, I'm gone. So honestly, the industry doesn't matter. 73%, let me repeat that, 73% of you that are listening and in every place around the world or in America, 73% of employees are currently thinking about their next job and what they're going to do when they leave, what they're currently doing. Wow, that's high. That's insanely high. Yeah. And so that's the current statistic. We've got to change that. Mm Mm-hmm. So interesting. So I kind of want to back up and say, while primarily we have, you've been working in the education industries with the school districts and things like that, you are definitely not. You could be health, health field, education, radio, corporations. Actually, Pam, this is team and group coaching has been more um, higher ed and business has been more open to our work than K-12. They've mm. been the slowest to come on. They're the, they're the ones in most need. And Miranda and I both started in K-12 education. So our heart and passion lies there. Um, and we really want them to jump on board because we know we can help. And every teacher and school district we've been in, 
they say, oh, my goodness, we've never had anything like this. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they're taking care of us. I've never mm-hmm. had a, you know, mm-hmm. they just want to cram more programs and curriculum instead of really taking care of our teachers who then in turn can teach better and take care of our students. Better. Wonderful. So um, corporate great. and um, higher ed are coming on. They know the need of taking care of their humans. Yeah, it, I can it, see that everywhere. It produces... Yeah. I mean, the productivity is instant. And I know, since I work in healthcare, I can see such an acute oh, need for it right high now. high compassion industries. Turnover. Pretty, uh, yeah. They absolutely need it's human architecting, lot, for yeah. sure. Can I ask Wait, a question? Oh, yeah. Hey, Kate. Yeah, being a teacher, you know, uh, you sit through a lot of these kind of development, professional development, mm-hmm. seminars Every- and whatnot, um, and you kind of get to the point where you're just kind of numb to it all. And so what would you say, what's different about what you're offering as opposed to what, you know, a lot of these seminars you might be sitting through as a teacher in professional development and stuff. I I can definitely answer that. That is my world. So in professional development, of course, in adult learning theory and all of that, everyone talks about high engagement and that's more like sit and, I mean, so we're, we've moved away from sit and get that I'm just going to lecture to you. But then we add this engagement where you talk and turn or you look at a partner and you talk about your, um, you know, what you're going to do. But still, it's just about the instruction. It's about what the teacher is doing, not the teacher. Mm. So first and foremost, it is that it is taking care of the actual person that is doing the work. If the person is well then whatever work they're going to do is better. We get to that by being really curious and asking questions and creating that learning that we never take away a PD day. I will never forget. I've been there. Um, you're like, oh, PD day. This is a What's waste. that? What is that? Professional development oh, yeah, for okay, teachers. Okay. Yeah. So, or for any company, but you're like, oh, this is a waste of my time. I've got X, Y, Z to do. And you're really thinking about that to-do list that you have to do instead of what you're actually supposed to be learning because everything you need to be doing isn't getting done. Well, in coaching, we take like whatever it is that you're working on, whether this be for corporate, for teams, to work on teaming, um, in group coaching, any of these things, we take what you're working on and are applying that so we're actually helping you in the moment solve the current problems or issues oh, or work that I you're see doing. That. That's so what it's a great ve- work model. So it's yeah. very, very different yeah. than saying we're gonna come add things to your workload or we're gonna right. take you away from your workload. We're embedding in your workload and making it better there. That's so great. Yeah. So if you're just just now joining us, we are visiting today with Robbie Harvey from Human Architects. A, what would you say? What's the tagline for Human Architects? Um, we're a professional development firm with a coaching approach. Okay. And I want to talk about now to, to move on towards the other um, opportunities within Human Architects for coaching. So are you talking about my personal? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's kind of outside of Human Architecting. So Human Architects is definitely... Um, we we do do individual executive coaching and but we are coaches. Miranda and I are both. Um, I am on the entry level of an ICF coach. She's a PCC level, which is just which nobody inter- really knows. What nobody that means. knows what that is, but <laughs> okay. it's important. Uh, the International Coaching Federation. So it's okay. you know 
means we're legit. <laughs> Is that good? And so um, anyway, I have all of my children are currently teenagers from 19 to 13. So this is my sink or swim year. And um, I've just always, it's interesting because I started my career in kindergarten and first grade, but this 18 to 25 group is a real love of mine, just a real passion. Um, and so I have personally taken on personal coaching clients in that age group. So young adults who possibly have a failure to fly or um, need help launching or that transition from high school to college or college into career. So teaching them just different life skills and then coaching through those moments where they've had struggles to manage stress or to maintain perspective. And that's been a real joy. I feel like um, I'm actually slowing down on taking clients because they're coming pretty fast. I see that there's definitely a need. I probably live in the right place for that, right, With in College Station. So if you're living in the Waco area, you might want to reach out to her a bit quickly. (laughs) Yeah, so we actually, I mean, I do virtual sessions. That actually works well with um, many young adults, and they're very comfortable via Zoom, Um, but we can do in person. But anyway, we focus on taking those big projects and breaking them down and then untying the knots. I always envision Our Lady of Undoer of Knots, and I am nothing um, but a small hair on our Blessed Mother's head in comparison. But I feel like that is, she is definitely my vision when I'm working for those, with those 18 to 25-year-olds that, really asking them what's top of mind what is the knot that's got you tied up mm. and what and then coaching them through how to untie that knot mm-hmm. and then also there is a there is a 30 minute time that is facilitation so we will work on what used to be called soft skills that are now power skills because so many of our young people because they have been tied into technology and phones and lived through the pandemic, they don't have as many of those soft skills, now power skills, that people in our you age gotta, group have. Yeah, so, you ex- so those soft skills so bit. soft skills would be communication skills, interviewing skills, active listening skills, mm, all of those things. That that, some active listening skills. <laughs> <laughs> all of those things that in an interview for a job or even in college with for those young adults, those 18, 19, 20 somethings that make a difference and they set you apart. It's not everyone has access to information. We can all get degrees online or whatever, but what sets you apart in an interview are those soft skills, those power skills. Mm -hmm. And so we talk a lot about that and building those and time management and how, like I said, to backwards plan, take the syllabus and break it down. What should you be doing during this week so that you're not cramming for X, Y, Z? Or just students who are perpetually wanting to stay in education because they fear the workforce. Interesting. So there's a little, there's, sounds there's, like there's a little, quite a bit of psychology attached to this as well. But I'm not... 
distributing the information, they're creating it on their own with the mm. right curious questions. The one, the moment a coach steps into advice giving, which is very different than parenting, right? Um, which is why this age group really loves coaching is, but the moment the, a coach steps into advice giving, they've taken off their coaching hat. My job is to be curious and ask the right powerful questions so that you're thinking and creating your own learning. Yes. And as one of Robbie's dearest friends, I can say that her questions are just so spot on. They can help crack up. We we have several times we have our little spiritual friendship. So you know how I am about spiritual friendship. We have a podcast about it. And she is one of my top people. And her ability to ask the right questions with me to help me go and push me beyond my limitations, my, my opic times. Limiting beliefs yes, are huge. Limiting so beliefs. Good. Yes. Well, I do want to continue to talk a little bit more about what you offer this age group, but how can people get in touch with you to find out more about human architects or the personal coaching? Okay. So I guess the easiest way here on the radio would be humanarchitects.com. So we found out that many of the population don't know how to spell architects. So we also <laughs> I, I couldn't I'm so, a terrible speller. So, so we so we bought confess. the so we bought the URL humanarks.com as in like Noah's Ark, A R K S. So human H U M A N A R K S dot com. And if you go to our humans on the tab of Our Humans, um, you'll find Miranda's bio and my bio and our contact information. And you can, of course, text me. My phone number is right there. Text me, call me, email me, whatever. Um, our website has a ton of information about human architects. And so if you are a business owner, or you um, work in K-12, if you're an administrator, if you work in higher ed and your healthcare. department needs healthcare, any of those things, of course, reach out to us for the personal coaching. Um, Miranda does more of like top executive personal coaching. And my niche is these 18 to 25 year olds. And they're just my Such heart right now. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, you have this um, sneaky suspicion that our culture today with the use of social media, I mean, I can see the difference between my 18 and 20 year olds from my 27 and 30 oh, year old. Isn't such it a big difference. Different. Such a big difference different. that they, they need this and um, be interesting to hear how parents and of uh, young children can kind of work their way around that. too. Well, and I just keep thinking, um, Hey, I didn't plan this as a marketing strategy, but these 18 to 25 year olds will be getting jobs and maybe they can bring human architects to their companies. That wasn't the plan. It was totally a yeah, passion but see, project, but, it's, uh, JP2, but, you but go. God's good. That's you right. Go. That's right. <laughs> That's for sure. That's good. He amazes me every day. Now I am telling you what, it is so amazing when you put your calendar, your schedule and what you want to be when you grow up wholeheartedly trusting in his hands. He's yeah. got such a better plan than we ever do. So we really have about a minute and a half before we need to really wind down. But Robbie, your story of growing in trust of God and his providence is really beautiful too. So can you give us a minute about what's hmm. gone on in you interiorly as you jumped out into the deep to trust him with your whole heart and how, um, how you're doing today with it? Yeah, it's just such a beautiful story. Do you story. want to make me cry? What are you doing here in a minute I mean, and a half? about a minute. Yeah, a minute and a half. A minute. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I think when you're a type A like me, 
and you think you can plan it all out and have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed, God has a way of coming in and in different ways and different and for different of us, but to blow that all up and remind you that you don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And I've had multiple instances of that in my life where um, humility, where I've drank the cup of how small I am and how big he is. And in those moments when you have nothing left to give and you're like, wow, today was a great day because all I did was do the next right thing. I didn't know how this was going to play out, but he did. And I was docile to his desire and his will. And then on those days, and I'm not saying that we just go into every, because I'm all about, you know, that backwards plan and eliminating stress and all of those things, but it's a balance, right, Mm -hmm. of knowing who is really in charge and who's driving your bus. That's that's always my vision is when I start white-knuckling the wheel and I feel that, it is my moment to say, oh, no, God, I'm sorry. I came and took, I pushed you right out of the driver's seat and um, I'm going to scoot on back on this bus and let you take control and let you drive it. And that's a peace and um, love that I want to pass on to any human that I have. Robbie, this has been so amazing and so beautiful. So I I just want to remind everybody that you can find them at Human Architects or humanarchs.com. Robbie Harvey is with me today and her business partner, um, Miranda Wallachowski. Dr. Miranda Wallachowski. She doesn't like that, but she is for sure. Yes, for sure, her PhD. Well, um, again, I am Pam Marvin, and thank you so much for joining us on Red Sea Radio with Red Sea Roundup today. And until next time, go and love your neighbor. I